Christian Swain touchdown. It's time for the Swain event with your host, Jason Swain. My man. Real sports talk for the real sports fan. All you chumps are going to bow when I whoop him. It's time for the Swain event, fueled by Dead End Barbecue. and a Rick Swain Event, SwainEvent.com, fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. I hope everyone's having a fantastic evening. Thursday, March the 9th. It is March Madness. We're not wasting any time. We're getting right to it. Ben McKee, Go Vols 247, is live there in, in Nashville. Gonna, gonna do the show with him right there in the media room. And so uh, it is SEC tournament time. We're happy to be joined by, by Ben McKee. Ben, that was a good one. Good evening, sir. Good evening. How are you, Jay Swizzle? Oh, man, I'm good. Anytime Tennessee gets the dub, I'm I'm good. I, I, it took me some some time to recover from Tuesday's baseball game against Boston College. But I'll tell you, man, that was a that was a fun game. Like that was that was entertaining. I watched every inning. I watched the game from the beginning all the way up to the end. It was fun up until uh, Tennessee had two outs there at the bottom of the 10th and the game was over after uh, we, we got out. So, but the game was the game was entertainment, man. Much respect to, to Boston College. Uh, but, man, I'm good now because Tennessee uh, got the win against Ole Miss and, and Ben uh, there in the first half, man. Ole Miss was, Ole Miss was playing their best basketball, it seems like. They were um, letting it all hang out there. They, the coach got fired a couple of weeks ago. They're not going to the NCAA tournament, and so they were super aggressive. They were making shots, and they were playing their best. And Tennessee was making shots as well, uh, but it was close there in, in the first half. Tennessee's up by six there at halftime with a Josiah Jordan-James three in the corner uh, at the buzzer. Second half was a totally different story, Ben. You're there in Nashville. What did you see? Uh, from the Tennessee basketball team, first half, second half, that stood out to you? Yeah, I, I thought Tennessee played pretty well for most of the, the game, especially offensively, and I think it's a good sign heading into March that Tennessee has now played uh, three straight games where it, it played well offensively. Uh, ha- hasn't been perfect 24-7 all the time, but uh, you, you're never going to play a, uh, an entire game perfectly uh, in, in any sport at any level, but uh, the, the offense has has played well these last three games. And you know, today was Ole Miss, so you you do have to take with a grain of salt the, the level of competition. But uh, Josiah Jordan James, man, he, he had it going from the jump this afternoon, uh, and had a three to start the game, and then had a big three uh, to give Tennessee a six point lead going into the locker room. Uh, then came out and knocked down those two free throws and, and hit another three. Uh, for a little 8-0 run uh, all by himself. And, and when Sen- when Tennessee gets that type of production from Josiah Jordan-James, it, it's a different basketball team. And I, and I don't mean to put all the pressure on Josiah. It's just that he is, because of the injury, unfortunate injury luck that he's had this year, it's just kind of been an inconsistent presence. Uh, but but when he's on, I mean, again, it just elevates the potential. And, and I, Swain, I thought the most important thing was that the entire senior class uh, played really, really well today, I thought. Uh, Santi and, and Josiah were the two best players and, and most productive from a box score standpoint. But uh, Rick Barnes credited Uros Plavchik for kind of changing the game in the second half because I talk about the offense. The defense was not good 
in, in the first half and uh, allowed Ole Miss to score 33 points, I believe it was, and, and then hold them to 22 points uh, in the second half. And Rick Barnes said it was, they, they were better with their ball screen coverage. Uh, they, they got more aggressive. They were more physical. And uh, the, he thought that the zone defense really uh, threw uh, Ole Miss out of whack there uh, after their hot shooting start. Uh, but he also credited Jemai Meshack and Urosh, as I was getting to, for kind of creating that newfound aggression. Uh, obviously, that's what Urosh does best, and uh, Rick Barnes really uh, gave him credit for, for kind of helping turn the tide defensively there for Tennessee in the second half. And, and it wasn't just him either. Olivier Kumwa, I mean, he hit a couple of big shots and uh, had, had several nice defensive plays uh, as well. So th- this senior class, I, I think they're going to be the ones that have to lead the way for Tennessee here in March. I think I think Tennessee's going to go as far as as the senior class is going to take them. Yeah, Josiah basically said, like, hey, what is understood doesn't need to be said. You know, he he, he knew that he needed to step up, was super aggressive early. Uh, first shot goes in. I mean, he dropped 20 points uh, on on the the day, led the team in rebounds at seven. Um, just, I mean, he was assertive, and he was feeling it. He didn't hesitate. He straight uh, was letting it fly. Now, the the knock about this game is the turnovers, right? You have 14 turnovers, and that allowed Ole Miss to be able to score 19 points off those turnovers. That's the one thing you want to clean up. But when you got to the free throw line, there was a point where we only shot like two or three free throws um, there in the first half, but Tennessee was able to get to the free throw line was was 12 out of 14, made more free throws than Ole Miss. So that's that's good. Shot the ball well there, 36% from, from three. Uh, but you're right, man. You know, Meshack and, and Uros there in the second half defensively, uh, I think physically imposed their will. Meshack got himself in some trouble because offensively turned the ball over, led the team in turnovers today with four. But when he got back in, he made his presence felt on the defensive end. I think that was a, one of the big differences for this for this basketball team to kind of extend that lead, never really shut it down completely because Tennessee got stagnant offensively, was turning the ball over, had a chance to really knock Ole Miss out of the game. But there was a comfortable lead there in the second half for most of the second half, Ben. Yeah, it was. And, and to your point about the, the turnovers, obviously that is concerning, but not the uh, – harp on that too much or be a uh what, what's the bird that repeats everything that, that people say i, I don't, I don't want to just sit here and repeat everything that you just the said parrot, but, the uh, parrot. yeah parrot thank you thank you i don't, I don't want to be your parrot tonight uh i'll, I'll say i'll spare the listeners <laughs> uh, but i think what's most concerning about the turnovers and, and i believe it's two straight games now that there, tennessee has only had two points in transition I, I know for a fact they only had two points in transition today and I believe that they also only had two points in transition at Auburn on Saturday. And, and that, to me, is, is very, very alarming. Um, because I, I think that this Tennessee team is partly at its best offensively when it does get out and run because it, it does have very skilled basketball players, right? I mean, you're going to have skilled basketball players when you recruit the way that Rick Barnes has recruited. And, I, I, yes, I, I know Rick's kind of old school. Uh, and his offense does generate shots, even though some fans don't think that it does. His offense does a great job of generating shots, and, and obviously you don't want to solely rely on transition points. But that that can be a huge benefit and, and can be the, the difference in, in so many basketball games. And 
Uh, we've seen these Tennessee teams in the past, even the Brant Admiral teams and uh, even this core group, like get out and, and really score in transition. And, and that's been lacking the, the last couple of, of games. And uh, I guess it does lead to, to the bigger thought that they're missing Zakai Ziegler more on defense than they than they are on offense. Obviously, they missed him on offense. But I, I think Tennessee's kind of handled the, the primary ball handler duties just fine w- without him. It's been more the defense that that has been lacking on the perimeter with their ball pressure and and, and keeping their man in in front of them, which has led to fewer turnovers mm-hmm. that Tennessee has forced. And when you're not turning teams over, you can't get out in transition and run and, and score in transition. So I, I think it kind of all lends back to the fact that they're they're trying to adjust defensively uh, more so than offensively without Sakai. But it is something that they're going to have to to figure out in a hurry. Uh, because, hey, Missouri's guards tomorrow afternoon are going to put a ton of pressure uh, on Tennessee, and, and they're one of the best teams in the country at, at, at stealing the basketball, forcing steals. Uh, and, and Tennessee can't be lackadaisical uh, with the ball in their hands to, tomorrow. But uh, defensively, I feel like they're kind of taking a step back, which is fine. And I say fine because it's expected with Sakai uh, exiting with a torn ACL. But you you still got to find a way to adjust and, and get back to – to the level that you were playing because if you don't then your season's going to end sooner than you'd like it to yeah 100 i think the same reason why tennessee's defense is really really good is the same reason why tennessee offensively should be better in transition but you look at our wings for tennessee our guards i mean you're long you're athletic you're able to stay in front of so many ball handlers you're able to challenge so many shots at the rim because you are athletic. Josiah Jordan-James, uh, Julian Phillips, Jamai Meshack. Well, that same athleticism that's used on defense, you would think it would be used on offense when it comes to getting out and running and uh, getting up and down the court in transition. But, hey, Tennessee has a formula. Um, it has worked most of the time this basketball season. And you never know. There may be opportunities in a in a given game, whether it's Missouri or the next game after that or the NCAA tournament, where you do have opportunities to get out and run. We just haven't seen enough of it. So uh, I totally get what you're saying. You mentioned Missouri and them being one of the best teams in the country at just taking the ball away from you, not just not just forcing turnovers, but just simply just taking it away from you. In the first meeting between Tennessee and Missouri, Missouri had nine steals, and that's with Zakai Ziegler. Um, there was a time that it caught my eye during the game. You know, Vescovy was was handling the ball, and uh, he was kind of dribbling the ball out in front of him, and you know, it almost got snatched up by by Ole Miss today. And so, the zone really helped Vescovy not get too tired because he's someone that does a really good great job of moving without the ball. And you got to be in shape to be able to do that. Defensively, he's active as well. So the zone helped him get a little bit of a rest. If I'm Missouri, Z is out. Zakai has been, Vescovy has been the primary ball handler uh, more with Z being out. So I'm sure they're going to try to run a bunch of guys at Santi. And so you just got to make sure you're, you're careful, you're handling the ball, you're being careful with the ball because, once you get past your man, and this is what Missouri is great at, Ben. They're great at knocking a ball out from behind. They're great at that. So 
you get past the defender, understand he, he he's not he's not gonna go sit down somewhere, go to the bench. Tennessee players got to do a great job of communicating, yelling wolf or whatever the call is to let someone know that there is someone behind you so that ball doesn't get plucked from behind. But first game against Missouri, man, nine steals. Tennessee only had five there. Uh, and Tennessee had 10 turnovers in that game, only to Missouri seven. So got to protect that basketball, Ben. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's going to be a tough matchup <laughs> tomorrow in any way you slice it because of those guards and – to, to talk about something else, I mean, Dennis Gates should have been SEC Coach of the Year yep. if you're not going to give it to to Nate Oates uh, for for the off the court stuff and and like if if the Brandon Miller situation or just that tragedy never happened, I do think Nate Oates should be the SEC Coach of the Year um, because he has taken a, a group of freshmen and turned that team into arguably the the best team in the country despite having so many key freshmen playing prominent roles and again i'm just speaking about strictly basketball when i say that um but if we are going to factor in the the brandon miller situation and, and the tragedy that took place and and kind of eliminate nato from the running of coach of the year i i love what buzz williams did i love what jerry stackhouse did they, they were tremendous tremendous coaching jobs by them this year but what dennis gates did practically bringing in a whole new basketball team because he's a first-year coach and turning the, the, the returning players, the few that he had, in, into even better basketball players. And they're one of the best teams in the SEC. They, there's no doubt about that. They, they've been one of my favorites to, to watch this year, if I'm being completely honest. I, I love Kobe Brown. He, he might be my favorite uh, opponent in the SEC this season. It's just a really, really good basketball team. And I, I think it's going to be a tough matchup for Tennessee because I think they're really going to miss the presence of Zakai Ziegler. Obviously, you miss it every game. You're not playing with him, regardless of who the opponent is, but just what Missouri does well and kind of how their roster is constructed, being so guard-heavy, uh, and as we talked at length about their, their ability to force turnovers and, and just steal the basketball, I, I think it's going to be a, a really, really tough matchup for Tennessee. And, and I, honestly, I think it's going to serve them well in the long, in the long run because they, they need this type of test before they get into the NCAA tournament. And, and I think they're capable of passing it. Like I said earlier, I mean, I, they've been fine offensively, in my opinion, without Zakai. Uh, Santi's been terrific running point. Uh, and, and then Josiah, Tyreek Key, Jemai Meshack, uh, when they've had their moments to, to fill in, I think they've, they've been fine uh, as, as well. But they, they do need to cut down on the turnovers. That's been up. Uh, quite a bit here lately, and, and, and they're not forcing enough turnovers. I, again, I think that's the bigger issue, and uh, tomorrow will be a great, great, tough test for them. Absolutely. Ben McKee, go balls 247. Man, oh, man, oh, man. I mean, you look at what's going on in Alabama. Brandon Miller was player of the year. He was freshman of the year. We're talking strictly basketball, Ben. Strictly basketball. I mean, if you're going to give it to Brandon Miller, you, you, you might as well give coach of the year to, to Nate Oates. I mean, if you already gave Brandon Miller SEC player of the year. Again, strictly, strictly basketball. Strictly basketball. I mean, that's that's how I look at it. But uh, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back. More basketball conversation, baseball conversation. Uh, that's something you want to be a part of. Use the app. Give a shout out there on the text box. Comments, questions is wanted we will take a quick time out again 
Swain event fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Ben McKee live there in Nashville, Tennessee, SEC tournament. Ben McKee, Go Balls 247. I'm live here in the Low T Center studio. Be right back. Top 100 barbecue restaurant, Dead End Barbecue is a no-brainer when you are craving the smoky flavor of quality Q. Dead End makes it easy to enjoy their fantastic menu with online ordering from Chow Now for pickup. Or if you don't feel like leaving the house, then have Dead End Barbecue delivered right to your door by Loco Knoxville or Bite Squad. Cheer on your favorite team with the best barbecue around. Check them out online at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. Guys, if you notice a lack of energy, motivation, and drive, it could be Low T. You know you need to stop playing around and schedule your complete health assessment at Low T Center. They now offer the convenience of monitored self-inject at-home testosterone treatments for just $155 a month, cash pay, or covered by most health insurance. If you don't live near a Low T Center, or you just want the convenience of at-home treatment, all good. Low T Center makes it easy to get started on treatments. Only your first two visits are in person. Go to LowTCenter.com now to book your appointment online. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. Hey there, Swain Event fam. Happy to be back with you on the weekly show. And although our Swain Event schedule has changed, I'm still here on a daily basis to help you with your real estate needs. So if you are still looking for your forever home, give me a call. Jennifer Morris with Keller Williams Realty, 865-257-7897. Or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. And go Vols! You're listening to The Swain Event. You don't say. Fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Swain Event Fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. Good to be with you on a Thursday evening. Tennessee handles business in the first, their first game of the SEC tournament. With a dub over Miss, Ole Miss, 70-55. to 55. Ben McKee, Go Balls 247, is in the building there at Bridgestone Arena. Do you have your uh, headband on like Ron Slay? <laughs> I, I, I do not. I need to roll into uh, the arena with one tomorrow. I, I, I did speak to Dane Bradshaw, uh, friend of the Swain event, great friend of the Swain event. Good to see Dane. Uh, he, he's on the call right now. I saw him at halftime. Yep. Uh, of of Auburn, Arkansas, and man, it's it's really really cool I, to to see how much Tennessee representation um, has kind of taken over the SEC basketball coverage from an SEC network standpoint. I know you and I have talked about it in the past uh, about it. It would be nice to see more Tennessee representation uh, with the football coverage on the SEC network, and it certainly is not lacking <laughs> with the basketball coverage and. Uh, Dane Bradshaw and Ron Slay, they they, do, they both do a terrific, terrific job uh, at covering this league and uh, breaking down games and uh, calling these games. They, they they give excellent insight if you're if you're listening carefully. Heck yeah, man! Right now, Auburn is down six points. Arkansas sixty six to sixty six minutes and forty two seconds left there in the second half. So Arkansas was up big. Um, Auburn is charging back into the basketball game. KD Johnson is kind of fueling the comeback. So uh, that's what's currently going on right now on the SEC uh, network or ESPN. 
there at the SEC tournament. All right, Bing, got to abbreviate the show today because of of your Tennessee basketball coverage, and uh, you're there in, in Nashville. There's been a lot of talk in the last two days about Tennessee baseball and kind of what happened against Boston College. Obviously, you should have won that game, but you give credit to Boston College for you know coming in and you know, knocking a couple shots over the fence and uh, you know playing well, playing with enthusiasm and passion, and you know getting the dub. But Tennessee certainly didn't help themselves. Uh, made a lot of critical errors, and you did a really good job of, of kind of explaining what happened there on, on Josh and Swain yesterday. Do you, do you feel like these are mistakes, base running uh, errors that we saw on Tuesdays? Do you feel like these are mistakes that will get corrected fairly fairly quickly? Uh, I, I think that's up to Tennessee, yeah. quite frankly. Uh, I, I know they'll be addressed, uh, and they have been addressed, uh, but it's up to the players, quite frankly, to go out and and execute it and be better. I mean, it, it's the problem is that they're mistakes that, middle schoolers really shouldn't even be making. I mean, I remember when I was in middle school, I would get in trouble and have to run polls or have to run after practice because I didn't communicate on a fly ball or if I missed a sign or if I didn't tag up properly. I mean, those are truly, truly basics. And that's not me like sitting on the couch Monday morning quarterbacking. I mean, that is truly simple. I mean, for for you, Swain, it would be lining up correctly as a receiver at the line of scrimmage. I mean, it's just basic stuff that you learn at a young age. And I think how successful the program has been the last couple of years, uh, particularly the last two teams, the one that made it to Omaha and uh, the one last year that was without a doubt the best team in the country. I don't care that they didn't win the national championship. They were the best team in the country last year. They They could get by without – strenuously harping on those mistakes they, they were addressed but like it wasn't it wasn't a situation to where they absolutely had to play and and execute the, the small details in order to win basketball games because they or baseball games because they were they were that good they, they had an offense an all-time offense that would score enough runs to, to make up for not taking care of the small details and Right now, because there's so much newness on this team, like this, this this team right now can't afford to do that. Because again, they're they're trying to adjust to the new roles and whatnot. So, I'd like to think that they they get corrected rather quickly because it's not something that like Tony Vitello has to to change in practice or anything. Again, it's I mean it's basic mistakes that you learn how to do when you first first start playing baseball. Again, getting a sign, communicating, tagging up. It's all really really basic and. I, I do think that they were kind of neglected, um, and like I said a moment ago, not just completely neglected, but just maybe not as not harped on as much because they they didn't determine whether Tennessee won or not because they were that good. But but right now, uh, with again with them trying to figure out new roles and, and new guys adjusting to new roles, they're going to have to handle the small details uh, until the offense starts to click more. Uh, so the, the loss was very frustrating. But there were also some positives uh, to come out of it, uh, although it was frustrating to lose in that manner. Boston College is a good baseball team. Mm-hmm. It, it is absolutely a good baseball team. And Tennessee needed to, to face that type of competition in a midweek game instead of just beating Charleston Southern by 10 or Alabama A&M by 10 or, or something along those lines. They, they needed another legitimate competitive baseball game before it begins SEC play. And I, I think it will really, really benefit them even when you look towards Missouri next weekend and, and starting SEC play on the road. I mean, there was, there was some outrage 
with Tennessee losing to Boston College. I mean, outrage. And that's 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 a good thing. I mean, we have covered this athletic program during some of the worst times in football where apathy set in. And uh, I remember the last season from the Pruitt, there was talk about possibly going to a bowl game, even as poorly poor as our record was. And I remember you and I having a conversation about it. And I was like, man, I don't want to watch this team play anymore. Hang it up, shut it down, put your pads up, get ready for the offseason. <laughs> I just didn't want to see it anymore. Apathy had truly set in. So you don't want that at all. No one is sitting here saying, hey, you, you love to be criticized. But it does show what Tony Vitello has been able to build and people care. And you want to have a program that people are paying attention to, yeah, there's, it's great when you win, but hey, when you make mistakes that you reference as being middle school mistakes and it costs you a game, you have to be prepared for the criticism. And it seems like Tony Vitello understands it 100%, looked at himself, uh, he's going to dress it with his team, and you, you move forward. But the, the attention that is on Tennessee baseball. I think it's a good thing when you don't play well and you get, you get criticized. I mean, people are paying attention. Yeah, for, for sure. Absolutely. There, there's no doubt about that. I mean, and Tony kind of talked about it in, in one of the recent games. It wasn't after they lost to Boston College, but he, he talked about how th- there was a standard when they got here, and it was a very, very high standard. And even that very, very high standard has been raised since because of the success, both uh, internally within the program, within those walls, the, the expectations have been raised. Uh, the standard has been raised. And, and then obviously outside the program with the fans, they, they've also raised expectations as they should. Uh, it's, it's no different than this basketball program. Expectations have changed over time. And, and that's a good thing because that means you had success at the beginning of your tenure at some point. Uh, and, and as we've talked about many, many times, Swain, a place like the university of Tennessee has the resources and the, the ability to invest in all of its programs on campus, which is why you're seeing so much money invested into football, men's basketball, baseball, and, and then all of the other peripheral sports are also being invested into uh, as well. So when you make Tony Vitello the, I don't know exactly what it is, highest paid SEC coach, second, third, whatever, he's one of the highest paid SEC baseball coaches, expectations will naturally change, just like they did with Rick Barnes, and just like they will now with Josh Heifel as well. That That's that's a good thing. That is absolutely a good thing. And I know Tennessee kind of had a decade of dysfunction, but let's not forget that like the, the goal at Tennessee isn't to, to make it to Omaha. It's not to make it to the NCAA tournament. It's not to, to make it to the Orange Bowl. It's to win a championship. And I realize that the football program has done more historically than the basketball and, and baseball program. So maybe expectations are, are slightly different. But you can win national championships in all of those sports at Tennessee. Whereas, like, Vanderbilt, right now they can win one in baseball because they've poured the resources in to doing that. Football, it's not possible for them to win a national championship. I don't think that it is with men's basketball either. So, Tennessee, you can win a national championship in all those sports. So, I, I agree with you. It, it's a great thing. And I, I mentioned earlier that they, they were middle school-level mistakes and, and they were adjustments that, that players – need to make and and Tony Vitello essentially said that maybe didn't use as blunt of a uh, of a phrase as I did with the middle school thing but uh he, he, I asked him straight up like what what needs to change 
to, to get the base running mistakes fixed? Is it more practice? And, and he cut me off before I could finish my question and emphatically said no. He, he said that they've gone over it a ton. They, they've always gone over it a ton. And if anything, they go over it too much to maybe where the players are, are thinking too much about those, those different plays. So, so Tony Vitello kind of said the same thing. The, the players need to make some adjustments. But I, I want to make this last point. Everybody wants to blame Rick Barnes because they don't think Rick Barnes takes enough accountability after they lose, and he's always kind of the first to say, oh, we didn't execute and, and this and that. And, and people people who like to throw that out don't realize that Rick just assumes that the buck stops with him. Like He realizes the buck stops with him and, and that at the end of the day it, it's on him, which is why he doesn't say that because he just automatically assumes that everybody recognizes that and uh, Tony kind of went down the same path with his answer of saying the players need to execute better, but he did also make the comment, and, and I'm not pointing this out to, to, say, to point out Rick, because Rick doesn't necessarily do it, more so highlighting that Tony recognizes that they also need to be better as, as a coaching staff, like, hey, I don't expect, he said, hey, I don't expect anybody to give us a gold star uh, after tonight for, for the way that we coached, uh, and, and he did insinuate that maybe they need to make adjustments in, in how they teach things but to me, it's it's simple execution for the most part. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. What kind of adjustments is uh your boy Dylan Brooks going to make? Uh, hopefully, the Grizzlies make an adjustment and and kick him off the team. <laughs> I am I have never disliked somebody more that plays for my favorite team, one of my favorite teams, than Dylan Brooks. I absolutely cannot stand him as a person, as a basketball player. I, I don't know why he continues to run his mouth like he's done something in this league. I don't understand why he continues to run his mouth like he's a good basketball player. Look, he's a good one-on-one -on -one defender. I, I, he, there's value within that. But in my opinion, you eliminate that value when you're literally the worst in the NBA. Nobody takes more shots than Dylan Brooks and misses them at a higher rate. Nobody. Like, he's literally the worst shooter by that metric. In the league, nobody takes more shots and misses more of the shots that they take than Dylan Brooks, and he drives me crazy. So I'm sorry for my rant. I know nobody cares about Dylan Brooks, but it's been in my brain, and I, I needed to get it off my chest. I don't know. You know what the score is of that game? I haven't been able to check in. Oh, right a, now, I'm, it's a beatdown. I mean, it, it was a beatdown. Uh, the Warriors cut it to 13, uh, 77 oh, to 64 right now. The Grizzlies are winning? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's, yeah. Steph, Steph, Steph got 22, though. Um, with 10 minutes to go in the third quarter. So he, he's on pace for 40. I haven't been able to watch any of it. I've been, I went and saw some friends and family and I've been on the phone with you and I'm, I'm, I wish you could see me right now. I'm huddled somewhere in some back door garage in the bottom of a Bridgestone arena in front of an ambulance because the Vanderbilt basketball team is warming up about 30 yards from me. The band's, for Vanderbilt and I can't remember who Vanderbilt, LSU, they, they've been walking by and making a bunch of noise. The dance teams, the cheerleaders, it's it's interesting setup right now, my friend. Yeah, well, let's let's let you go. Let's let you go and continue your SEC basketball coverage uh, with you being in Nashville. Different setup tonight because you're not at home, and and so, uh, but we definitely wanted to get together and record the Swain event tonight. We are live those who are listening on the app but man we want to make sure that we got it in for at least 30 minutes uh tonight so safe travels back to knoxville 
Hopefully Tennessee handles business tomorrow versus Missouri. Look forward to talking about the game with you uh, again. For Ben McKee of Go Vols 247, I am Jason Swain. The Swain event's fueled by Dead End Barbecue. And Ben, appreciate you, my friend. You take it easy. Yeah, appreciate you. Hope you have a great weekend. And shout out to everybody listening. Appreciate the support. Yes, sir. That's Ben McKee. Go Vols 247. And before everyone, before we go today, Hiller, right now, awesome, awesome, awesome promotion going on right now. It's called the Vintage Showdown. Basically, Hiller's giving away a free HVAC system to the owner of the oldest unit. Older systems have higher repair costs. They require more maintenance and result in higher utility bills. Even worse, they can break down when you need them the most. So Hiller's going to make sure that whoever submits a photo of the oldest unit, they're going to give you a free HVAC system. It's easy to enter. Go online, happyhiller.com, submit a picture, again, of your old unit. Plus, everyone wins with trade-in credits and 0% interest financing for up to 48 months on replacements. Hiller's work is backed by the happy you'll be or service is free guarantee. Hiller's now offering convenient online booking. Simply select the appointment time that works for you and get instant confirmation. These deals, folks, are only happening for a limited time, so make sure you call now. That is happyhiller.com. Appreciate Ben McKee for his time today covering SEC basketball. Tennessee getting a big-time win. It was big-time because you you didn't lose when it's tournament time. So every win is a big time win. I don't care who you're playing against. 70 to, 70 to 55, Vols beat Ole Miss, ends Ole Miss season. Tennessee advances Mizzou tomorrow. The Swain events fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Peace and love. We are out. <laughs>